Welcome to Humans of Twitter, a podcast where we discover the stories behind the people behind the Twitter accounts. People that are interesting, opinionated, and surprising. I'm your host, Steve Malk, and today I'm speaking with someone who describes themselves as idealist. Humans of Twitter is their stories, in their words, in a little more than 140 characters. Please welcome today's edition to the Humans of Twitter list, Dave Gorkroger. Hello, Steve. Thank you for having me. Look, Dave, it is wonderful to be speaking with you. In social settings, how do you introduce yourself? Look, to be honest with you, Steve, I I, I don't very often. I <laughs> it's 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 not part of what I do. Like uh, quite often, like my, my life seems to be compartmentalized a lot, and, and quite often, I, I'm like if I'm in a social situation, I'm being introduced by someone else who knows more about where we are and who the people are around us. Uh, so I guess on the rare occasions that I am introducing myself, it's it's most likely to be, hi, I, I'm Rachel's husband, or I'm Rupert and Callie's dad. <laughs> Which is not an unfair way to be introduced. Oh, absolutely not. I mean, they, they are the the three quarters of the best things about our family. <laughs> so <laughs> many have said two thirds. <laughs> well, <laughs> quite possibly. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, look, I. It, it, it's funny. I, I in social situations, I'm usually not the first person to be going up and, and, and introducing myself. I'm, I, I, I'd love to be on a stage in front of a whole bunch of strangers, but sort of seeing them at, at eye level uh, isn't exactly the same at all. I, 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 that's not when I'm at my best. Uh, I, I'm certainly uh, a lot better in social situations where I already know who everyone is, so I, I'm, I'm nice and comfortable, uh, or uh, I have a reason to be there. I and a reason for people to be listening to to what, what I'm saying rather than just sort of you know, popping in randomly. I, I, I'm maybe I'm just really bad at small talk, or I don't know. <laughs> so you, what you're saying is you're very comfortable in the spotlight. However, it's also something where if you know the bodies, it's very easy to slip into to conversation. Oh, yeah, like. yeah. Like I, I've done a lot of. Uh, public speaking over the years and debating and things like that in, in all sorts of different forums. And, and I really love that. I really, really do. Uh, you know, working with an audience or e- even going back to doing things like school plays. I, I loved having an audience and I, I always have. Uh, and when I'm in a, a social group you know, with, with, with people I know, uh, I, I'm, I'm very, very comfortable um, but I, yeah, I, I am just really, really funny about um, uh, uh, about meeting people in social situations. <laughs> like, like, mm-hmm. you know, like on a stage, I guess you, you feel like you, like I said, you feel like you have a reason, um, and you know, people can judge your performance or what you do or say, and then, and that's okay. Whereas, I guess maybe when you're sort of meeting someone face to face, yeah, there's the the anxiety of, I guess, oh, they, they might have nothing to judge except for me. <laughs> I don't know whether I'm necessarily comfortable with that. <laughs> yeah. Do you find in your day-to-day existence, whether it's professional or personal or those sorts of things, that Dave is someone who has a reputation that precedes him? Look, it, it really, it really depends. Like, um, uh, professionally, I'm, I'm really, really lucky in that um, 
my clients usually really, really appreciate what I do. They like what I do and they're happy to tell other people about that, either their peers or, 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 you know, people I work with. And so that, that's mm. makes things very, very, very comfortable. Uh, it, it, I, I never sort of have to go in proving myself anymore. That's something that happened uh, years and years ago. And, uh, you know, I now get to, to, uh, have that credibility. Uh, but like I said, I, my life seems to be in my head sliced up into all these very, very different little things that, that I do like, uh, and, and in each of those, the, the approach is dramatically different. And so in some of those, yes, um, I guess people know who I am because of the role that I play, uh, in, in others, no, I'm just that, um, guy at the back who's sort of maybe not making eye contact and checking in Twitter a little bit too often to be polite. So what challenges you, Dave? The, the biggest challenge I think that I have, Steve, personally, is still, as I approach you know, my 40th birthday, figuring out, you know, what I want to do and, and like, we always talk about, you know, finding your passion and following your passion and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I still have no idea what mine is. Like I, I, I get very, very interested in things and, and things, uh, you know, might take up an enormous amount of my time and attention. Uh, but they always seem to sort of run their course and you, you get to the point where you go, well, I've done that now and that was really interesting and, I, and I'm glad of the experience and I, and I feel like I'm a, a more rounded and better informed person for, for having had this diversion. But yeah. then there always seems to be a bit of, oh, what's next? Like, like I guess like, I, I really envy uh, people who, who can say that you know, from whatever point in their life, uh, they, they they've had these series of goals and they've worked towards it and and that they've they've known what they wanted to do because that has just never ever been me in a, in a concrete fashion and even sometimes when there have been things that have popped into my head and I thought oh yeah that's interesting and I like the sound of that and wouldn't that be cool um, the 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 step between having that idea and then maybe putting concrete plans in place to to follow up on it or, or achieve it that has really, really happened uh, in, in any sort of big way uh, in small instances. You know, I, like I said, you know, I'll, I'll develop an interest in something and, and then, you know, burn it out over the space of, you know, 12 months to a couple of years. Uh, mm-hmm. But, but yeah, I, I still don't have that one overriding thing, be it, you know, in my career or, or anywhere else really. Uh, that that I would say drives me, and so and so, so when I say yeah, that that's a challenge, I, I, I do sometimes wonder whether I'm just spinning my wheels or whether I've just completely missed the boat. Well, Dave, if you've missed the boat, there's a lot of us standing on the dock with you. <laughs> and uh, that's the thing; I, I don't think I'm, I'm completely alone. But I do sometimes. Sometimes I wonder whether I'm just overthinking it. When you look at someone, you go, "Well, you seem to be very content," you know. Like, what, like, what? Look at that guy over there. Like, he he's he goes fishing every weekend, and and 
he does this job and does that and, and defines himself by these three things. And he's very, very happy. And then that's, that's great. Why can't I pick three things and, and stick with them and use that? It's just, it's just not me and it never has been. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's just a failure of imagination. You know, that, that, that's, that, that's, that, that's one of my, my big fears is that maybe the reason that, that uh, I make the decisions that I do or, or, or don't is just completely lacking the vision to sort of see beyond the, the path that I'm currently on. <laughs> Sorry, that's probably not what you were asking really, was it? But anyway. No, that's, that's very reasonable and allows me to ask this. What was school like for you? Oh, look, I was, I went to school a couple of weeks after my fifth birthday. Um, Mm -hmm. I was a small kid anyway. You put those two factors together, like the youngest kid in my class, the smallest kid in my class, um, a bit of a nerdy kid. I, oh, up until year 10, um, I was at a uh, local Catholic school and, and our year group in particular was tiny. Like there were only, well, for, for a, a normal size school, there were only 24 kids in our class. Um, so the, uh, yeah, you know, I, I had a, a, a school life of perpetually being the 12th man during cricket season, um, <laughs> uh, carrying the drinks also during <laughs> when it was, soccer was coming on. I, uh, it, uh, it wasn't horrible. Like it's not like um, I was I was actively bullied, but I all I always I guess felt like um, a little bit of an outsider uh, through those times. Like the year eleven and twelve was better. I, um, the school I started at only went to year ten, so year eleven and twelve I went over to uh, the local public school. It was a, a bigger class, uh, more diverse class. Um, and, yes. and it was, it was probably like, I enjoyed the, the, the two years there more than probably the, the 11 years that had preceded them. Um, but, but see, part of that too was, I guess, yeah, like, I, I don't know how well I, I dealt with those things as, either. So, you know, not everyone, um, hates school, not everyone, you know, some people love it. For me, it was just, it was mediocre. Like I, I, I did okay at it. I, I liked the learning part of it for the most part. Um, mm-hmm. The social stuff though was by far uh, more awkward. Has that improved for you as you've become an adult? Oh, it, well, well, yes and no. Then I just went to uni and became probably be, you know, best described as a lager lout for three years. Um <laughs> <laughs> That's officially uh, one of the university clubs, though. <laughs> yeah, well, see, I, I, like I went, I went to the University of New England, which in Armadale, which is near where I grew up in in Varel, in Northern New South Wales, and um, and and see, even there, like I, I wonder whether that was a, a a failure of imagination. It's like, well, you know, like, like I was the the first kid in in our family uh, who'd gone to university my parents hadn't none of my aunts and uncles had um some uh cousins had uh but it, it was certainly a small number and so like, i didn't even get as far as thinking well maybe i should go to sydney or brisbane or and and, and it's not like those options weren't um obvious like i had peers who who did um and yet i went well that's you know armadale's close and they they kind of have the, the the stuff i want to do so i'll just 
you know, I'll, I'll make the comfortable choice. Uh, and as I said, then I just, you know, downed a lot of uh, beer and cheap wine for uh, a few <laughs> years and came out the end of it with a degree that didn't look like anything like the one that I started in or like the one that I then transferred to. So like it was, um... <laughs> but, but it was better socially. It was better socially. Although yeah. uh, I, I don't know, it was a, the, a, a fantastic foundation again. Like, well, like when I started uni, I was only, I don't, again, I'd only just turned 18. Um, and I think I probably could have done with a year of growing up before being unleashed uh, onto the world by myself with uh ready access to alcohol and very few consequences. <laughs> but I don't think I'm alone there either. Well, I think that that's as much as some people deride the idea of a gap year, I think that that allows for some of that either get it out of your system ish or opportunity for maturity or just the, the, you know, week to week consequences of you're not at school anymore, but you still have responsibilities. Oh, exactly. I, I, I wish I had have had a gap year, and, and like, um, and it, but again, like, I ne- it never even occurred to me to say to even apply for things like um, student exchanges or or, or mm. anything like that. I guess um, because there wasn't pressure as much as there was an expectation that you know I, I did well enough at school, so I should be looking to go to university uh, because that's the way that, you know you get a good job. Um, you know that, that was. You know, concern from my parents, and and obviously that was the the message that you received through school as well. Mm, uh, yeah. and, and so I just went, oh well, if that if that's what happens next, that's just you know that that's the path that that, that I have to take. Um, and and it's not like I regret the outcomes, but I, I do sometimes go, yeah, look, I could have done these things a little bit better. <laughs> which I think I think maybe getting towards forty is also uh, pushing those thoughts into my mind more and more these days. Are you doing now what Year Eleven Dave thought he'd be doing? Well, Year Eleven Dave didn't have a clue about what he would be doing. <laughs> like, and and I say that in all in all seriousness, like. Um, I I didn't I didn't know what I could do. I didn't know what I I even wanted to do. Um, I mean, I've I've ended up in the IT industry and I've um, been with the same firm now for uh, fourteen years, which means I'm either good at what I do or I'm just not good enough to go anywhere else. I'm <laughs> I'm not I'm not going to claim one thing or another. But um, you know, being being the nerdy kid, getting to uh, play with expensive toys that other people pay for. Like, like it's, it's still kind of cool, but it, it's certainly not uh, something that that um, that I love. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm very much in the mode of uh, I uh, I work to live. I like the 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 best part of my job is is when it um, when it gives me the opportunities. You know, like. like uh, I, I can afford to go and do things that, that are more interesting. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah that, that's for sure. Like, yeah. What do you love? What are you passionate about? I, like I said, you know, like it, it's, I don't think I've got that one passion. Though. If there is something that's been a, a driving no force. it had to be just one. Yeah, well, if, if there's something that's been a driving force, I guess, for a long time, it's 
a feeling of of an obligation for service. And I think this is something that was partly from my, my, my Catholic upbringing um, and mm. the example set from uh, my parents um, and, and my grandfather uh, where, you know, there, there was this real expectation that you you need to contribute back to your community whenever you have the means to do so. Um and yeah. that was something very that I, that I saw, you know, almost every day um, from from my parents and from my grandfather, and, and so that's something that is that's um, always been with me as well. Like I um, joined a service club when I was eighteen years old. Um, you know, joined joined up with Apex, which you know, some mm-hmm. of you country listeners might remember the Apex guys. They were the you know, the ones with the, the jumping castle, the merry-go-round at the fate, that sort of thing. Um, hmm. Most of you city listeners will be going, what? Uh, but I guess, yeah, like <laughs> Apex is a, a service organisation uh, that was founded in Australia in the 30s um, for people, um, for, for young men was the original thing. And um, for a long time, they when you turned 40, they would kick you out and basically say you were too old because they wanted the focus to always be on youth. So... Uh, so yeah, so the Rotary Club, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, so I, I've been a part of, uh, you know, been a part of Apex you know, my entire adult life. Um, I I sit on a couple of boards. Uh, one's a, a, a disability employment service provider. Um, another one is uh, a, an organisation like a not for profit that. Uh, mm. provides homelessness services and runs uh, women's refuge and youth refuge. And uh, and, and I'm really, really proud of, of what those organisations achieve. And I'm, I, it, I love being uh, aligned with them. I love having something that I can contribute to them. Um, yes. So, yeah, like that, that's, that, that sort of stuff is really exciting. And, and that's given me some really cool opportunities like um, last year with uh, our Apex Club and one of the ones from Wagga Wagga, uh, we raised a whole bunch of money that we ended up going to support some projects in Cambodia. Uh, oh, and yeah. and that was amazing. Like the, uh, I loved that. That, that. that was really, really cool. Uh, and, and, and on top of that, just because, you know, free time is for other people, um, you know, like I'm, I'm a cub leader for my bloody children's <laughs> cub group. Um, Gosh. So, yeah, I guess, I guess uh, it's funny. I wouldn't call it a passion, but I, I, I do. I feel like there's an obligation to, to make my community better because if I don't, well, who will? Like, like if sure. if, if this is a community that's worth living in, then then, then people need to participate. And, and yeah, that, that, that's been a, a driving thing for like I said, for as long as I can remember. It's part of what makes us a society, isn't it? A community. Oh, absolutely. It's, uh, I mean, these days, <laughs> while, while we're hyper-connected, we, we do, like, I know it's a cliche, but we, we, we do find that in our local communities, we, we probably don't have the bonds that we we saw in previous generations, and there are, are a lot of reasons for that. Like, like you, you can't just or you'd be stupid to blame it on just on technology or this, that, the other. Like, mm. there, as as our as we get more sort of you know individual freedom and more acceptance of people who don't fit this rigid norm, um, 
our communities are, are more loosely based. Like uh, if you sort of, you can't pine forever for the way communities used to be in, in my ideas, because uh, for all we might talk up how great some of the, it was in the past when, you know, everyone sort of fit in and, 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 and you had this real sort of order to, to your community. The real downside to that was that it excluded so many people, and that might have been because of their race or their gender or their sexuality. Or you know, there's no shortage of of uh, reasons why uh, there was this really strong in grouping and out grouping in the past. And if you were in the in group, it was awesome. It was fantastic. Like these were wonderful yeah. communities. But if you weren't, um, your experience was completely different and and i'm i'm happy that we live in a a more diverse and and tolerant society now uh even if that means that some of these other things that we once valued are a little bit harder to achieve uh, i think it's still worth the effort um it you know if you really value it you can still make it happen we haven't quite hit the the bill and ted utopia though have we there's still a lot of stuff along the way that we can improve or we can, I don't know if stamp out's the word, but do away with, you know, there's, there's seems to be growing elements within modern society that, that has come from it's okay for everyone. You know, you, you've got an opinion and that's okay where that has crept in to allow people who have opinions that are very not okay, feel that it's their right to then, broadcast or, or blare them at anybody do you think look oh, i well, i think you know what i think steve <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I, spend, I might dave might, yeah i spend a, an hour plus every week just you know gnashing my teeth and, and wailing about the, all the, all of the things that I, I think are wrong on, on the Something Wonky podcast every week. Um, <laughs> and, so, and, and if any of your listeners are familiar with Something Wonky at this point, they're probably just sort of nodding their head going, yeah, we know, we, we've heard it. Um, <laughs> yes. um, but uh, you're right. Like It's not something you can try and stamp out. Like the the ultimately... The, the best answer to speech is more speech. Like, like you, you need to have the um, need to have the ideas being expressed to to make sure that like like the hard part is being brave enough sometimes to actually uh, come out and stand up against what you might think are hateful ideas, but you're not necessarily yeah. sure you want to fight against. Uh, in, and and that that's the hard part. It, it, it's it's where it gets very difficult. And, and again, this is where I have a lot of admiration for people who are out there day in, day out fighting for these sorts of things. Like like I'm just a guy who sits in his shed on a Thursday night and, and rants about it uh, <laughs> over the internet with the hope that someone will listen. But there are so, so many people who, who devote their lives to trying to, to make the world better. Like you look at places like the uh, Asylum Resource Centre and, and the – like amazing things that they do, like those sorts of people. I'm so um, I am in awe of the work that they that they do, uh, and uh, it, it heartens me that we have people who do make that commitment um, 
to, to making our society better. Without them, we would be a lot further back than where we are. However, we have the benefit of knowing that because of their efforts, we've still got work to do. Oh, um, and, and, and you look short of wild stallions, um, <laughs> having a breakout hit and, and somehow, you know, aligning the planets and, uh, seeing, you know, convincing us all to be excellent to each other. Uh, it's not something that's ever going to be solved. It's not something that's mm. ever going to, like, like you're just never going to hit the point where you go, oh, well, that's it, it's done. Like, like for example, uh, uh, we've been talking a, a lot over the last you know, six months uh, about marriage equality, a- and it's something that mm. that once we get marriage equality, it's not like you put a ribbon on it and you go, oh, well, there you go, done. We, we, we've dealt with all of the needs of uh, of the LGBTI community. No, <laughs> like no, mm. all, all we've done is just you know we, we've undone one of the problems that we've created. There's more. There's more. There's always more. And and of course, uh, every time you bring someone else inside the tent and you you try to increase diversity, you become more likely to notice someone who you didn't even realise was there before. And so then you need to go through that same process again for, the, for that new group of people, that new community. Uh, you, you need to, to, to go through. It, it's never a case of, um, well, we've, we've sorted out this, this community. We now have a template that we can apply to everyone else because everyone else's issues and everyone else's needs are so dramatically different. But... Uh... <laughs> You, you got to keep trying, though. Like, yeah, yeah. Know, there's, there's, um, yeah, like, I don't know, giving up just isn't an option. What one thing would you change about your life today? Oh, look, I think I'd be a really good lotto winner. Former Q, buddy. I've read lots of horror stories, but. Uh, I, I I am pretty good at um, at uh, using my my free time effectively, and if I could fund as much free time as I liked, um, uh, well, yeah, that, that'd be pretty good. But but in all honesty, though, Steve, I, I I'm really really lucky. I I mm-hmm. I have a, a beautiful family who I love very much. I have um, a secure job. I have a roof over my head, and. And and that's a pretty good start, you know. Like I, I don't live in the flashiest house or the the best part of town. And good, I live in Albury. <laughs> you know, I'm, uh, I'm not uh, part of a, the, you know, the the jet set. That's for sure. Uh, uh, but in my personal life, though, I am I, I find myself in, incredibly content. And I think one of the things that I am very happy about in my own life is that I, I have uh, I, I have learnt uh, what you know what things are and aren't important, and I, I've hit the the stage where you know a bigger house isn't going to make me happy. Uh, you know, like I, like I love cars, Steve. I, I absolutely love them, uh, but. I've also realised that no matter how much I love cars, 
like spending an obscene amount of money on one that's faster and handles better. It, it doesn't mm-hmm. make me happier. I, I you know, I, I tried that uh, and it was great and it was fun, but, but that didn't ultimately bring, bring me any happiness. Uh, it, it, it's probably one of the things that, and it might not be a lot, but it's one of the things that I feel like I've really, I, I have got right. And uh, I just hope um, that I can sell that understanding to my own kids because that that uh, w- when you're able to be content, um, I think that gives you an enormous freedom. Um, you you mm. don't you, you don't have to necessarily uh, play by everyone else's rules uh, because you know, your goals are different. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, look look anything I could change. It would be great if I wasn't balding, but you know, <laughs> even there, I've I've just come to accept that. Like it's just how it is. I'm content being someone who has to cut their own hair with a set of clippers <laughs> because you know there's no point. There's no point paying someone else to do it. It really isn't. Look, if we've learnt nothing else from the U.S. presidential primaries campaign, Dave, grow it a little bit longer. Bleach it and comb it forward. Oh no, 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 no! Look, the, I, 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 I actually did have like longer bleached hair at one point when you know it would actually keep growing back. Uh, of course but, you did. But that's that's uh, twenty years ago, and, um, and and thankfully that was before the advent of digital photography. So there's there's only a yep. limited amount of evidence of how horrible it looked, <laughs> <laughs> and it's fading anyway, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> so, Mr. Contented, where do you hmm. find your peace? The uh, mountaintops and then remembering what it was like to be on mountaintops. That, that, that's why. Yeah. Uh, I, I have a, a job that it's, it, it's very, very reactive and like, like, the only reason I have a job is because people end up with you know, little mini crises and they need someone to just come in and fix it. And and, that, and that's my job. So it's, it's one where uh, things are always going wrong. Like, like, like there's no such thing for me as a day where you start, you start your day and everything is going right. Like if, if that was the case, my job wouldn't exist. Uh, mm. And so I guess it, it became obvious really early on that that I needed to to learn not to carry all that stress uh, of the situations that I was in because otherwise it would just it would it would turn you inside out uh, and and I guess I, I am pretty pretty good at at just letting go and trying to center myself and and I like I said. In terms of where where I really really find peace, yeah, like I'm not getting on the same mountaintops. I, I love hiking. I, I, for for someone who spends a lot of time indoors, I love being outdoors. I love camping. I love the the, the opportunity to just switch off and have no mobile signal and and that sort of thing. And uh, and and I do like carry some of that feeling with me all the time. Uh, and the other thing is is my family. Like, like I said before, I, I'm I'm very very lucky. Um, 
that uh, like I've been married 16 years now um, and for the most part that has just been almost nothing but joy uh, and, and and so I feel really really fortunate for that and like I said because because I, I, I'm placing less pressure on myself for things externally I find that mm. just Internally, yeah, the calm just comes by itself more often. Um, which is not to say that I never you know, carry on and moan and, and absolutely uh, whinge and complain. You know, I'm not the Dalai Lama. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like, uh, sure, he, but that's normally even, saved for one a bit hours a week, right? Yeah, well, no, sometimes it comes out a bit more often. But see, I reckon even the Dalai Lama <laughs> cracks the shits about something. He just, you know, he's got oh. a good press officer. We never hear about it. Uh, <laughs> Lots of great discipline. Yeah. That's what he has. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. What are you going to achieve in the next 12 months? Uh, I'm going to see my son start high school. I'm going to have my 17th wedding wow. anniversary. Uh, wow. And, um, and I don't know. Like, see, 2015 was a pretty bloody big year for me. Um, it, mm-hmm. I, I did a lot of travel, uh, had a, a, so many amazing experiences. Uh, and so I guess this, this year is sort of a bit more consolidating. This is focusing uh, back home again and, and uh, sort of not tearing off to do stuff that's just for me. Uh, yeah, I, 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 it'll be more of the same. I, I think... Um, if anything, maybe um, maybe trying to find a little bit more time uh, at home. Maybe um, yeah, finding some of some of those things where where I have been you know, making those commitments to the community. Maybe reshuffling one or two so that I have a little bit more time at home. Like I said, with Rupert starting high school, uh, that's really sort of focused me back on you know we're not going to have that much time left with him. Like like the last 12 years have just screamed past. Um, So I want to make sure that I'm, I'm there mentally and physically for for the next little while. Um, Although that said, um, I have this idea for a podcast that I've been kicking around for about 18 (laughs) months now. And one of these days I'd really like to record an episode of it. So, you know, I need to improve my time management. Maybe, maybe that will be the (laughs) challenge for the the, the next 12 months. Learn how to calendar. I don't know. (laughs) It's overrated. (laughs) Well, you should talk. (laughs) Look at you. (laughs) The man who can, the man who is almost like, single-handedly um, flooding out my, my, my podcast queue. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for it. <laughs> I'm trying to keep secrets. them bite-sized, Dave. <laughs> well, that, yeah, that, that might be the trick, uh, rather than ranting on and on for hours and hours. Yeah. But there's a reason why something wonky has the uh, audience that it does is because, A, on the whole, they're happy to hear the arguments and, and probably to, you know, the greatest part agree with what you guys say and B, they love a good rant. Well, I hope so. Look, I always wonder, you know, when you have um, someone sort of say, Oh, I'm a new listener and I like the show. And it's like that, that that's really great and uplifting. And, and 
you, but you also wonder, I wonder if we're losing people at the same rate as we're gaining them. Maybe, maybe like, <laughs> whether we have this rotating group of, of listeners and yeah, new ones pop on the assembly line and other ones finally get to the point of going enough and fall off the other end. Uh, but like, talking about Australian politics, I, I was, it, it's, it's actually not fun. Like, like, I enjoy it, but it's not fun, you know? Like, uh, mm. it, uh, we... Like Australia is a country with just so so much uh, amazing potential, and I guess I just get so grumpy because I just feel like it's being squandered. And and maybe this is why I put idealist in my Twitter bio because you know at mm. some level I, I just sort of believe that you know we're like we we can we we can solve these problems. We can have a more equitable society. We can have a society where kindness is not uh, you know where kindness is the everyday expectation it's not the exception um, yeah. uh, so maybe I should put you know I should scrub out idealist and you know put naive idiot I don't know I really don't some days, some weeks but uh, but it's what I hope for and it's what I want and it's the it's the the kind of world that I would like you know, my kids to grow up in it and not to mention all the other kids, everyone else around. I, I, I want to, I just want to see us at our best. And, and mm. at the moment um, we're just not, uh, and that frustrates me. Like I, I've gone from a point where when I was younger, the, the game of politics was something that I really enjoyed and I thought it was fun and, um, mm the tribalism of it and stuff like that. But I'm just really not there anymore. Like I'm really now at the point where I am over it. <laughs> like um, I, I don't care who wins or loses anymore. I just want to see good ideas and and respect for everyone show through. And that, that, that's what makes me so angry so often is that, that there are uh, people who and communities who often need support who are used um, – horribly as part of a game um, by our political class. And you don't need to look any further, you know, the last couple of weeks than uh, the the safe schools argument where you know, vulnerable kids are, are effectively being beaten up on um, mm. by, you know, by a whole bunch of, you know, uh, privileged politicians. And, like, that's... That that's just bullshit, <laughs> um, and and I and I hate that stuff. That 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 is the the sort of thing that just I find gutting, um, and and so that's why, like I said, talking about, I, I like talking about Australian politics, but it's just not fun. Like I, I really, like, it does amaze me sometimes that people listen to something wonky. Like I mean, confirmation bias might be great, but at the same time, you get to the end of it, and I know I feel just horrible. Because you, you like part of what we do is facing up every week to the crappy things our government has done to people, and it doesn't matter whether that's yep. asylum seekers or 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 you know gay teens or, or or just anyone who's on a low income or new start or someone who has a disability. Like the fact that uh, we we are in this time when we are just punching down is just so depressing <laughs> so like i said i, I don't I, I sometimes wonder why people listen because we we so rarely have good news like we like to have a laugh about it like it becomes black humor every now and again but hmm. uh, 
I guess what I'm trying to say, Steve, is um, uh, thank you for listening. I don't know why you do, but thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Dave, well, I I can put it to you like this. With the nation staring down its only ever second double dissolution, uh, there's never been a better time to be an Australian political podcaster. (laughs) Well, well, you know, there are a few jumping on board, and, and I, I do like the fact that there are uh, more Australian political podcasts popping up. Um, but I just, I do think that if you're going to listen to some of those, you should probably listen to something wonky as well. Or you know what? Even if you don't listen to it, at least put us in your iTunes you know, queue. So <laughs> there we go, higher up the because just download the episode and dump it. It just good look. You know, I'm happy for people to to, to not listen. I just want you to download it. You know, I want to creep up those iTunes rankings because I, I am that. You're as bad as a politician, Dave. <laughs> not as bad. I'm a different kind of bad. <laughs> oh, now I don't know, mate. If we gave you a stump, so if, if you give me a stump, I'll be fine. Either the problem comes when I have to hop down off the stump and and start <laughs> pressing the flesh. Like I said, while I'm on the stump, while I'm on the stage, I'm fine. I will be there you know, as long as you need, and I will I will tell as many stories as I have to tell. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not good at not, not not great at kissing babies though. Those things are just walking disease carriers. <laughs> oh, yes. Particularly now in this age of anti-vaxxers taking hold. Gosh, you don't know what you're going to kiss. Oh, don't me. start me. Don't. Come on, don't. Yeah, you know, I know. You know. It's, it's a whole other podcast. Oh. We're dangerous territory. <laughs> Dave, thank you so much for chatting with me today. I really do appreciate your time. Please know the things that you've said are highly valued and you are um, a, a very special dude. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Steve. Look, it, it has been um, an, an utter pleasure to to join the the uh the the fabulous cast of people who have graced humans of twitter uh so thank you the massing throng (laughs) dave very clearly you are on twitter are there any other social accounts that you want to admit to or promote or alert us to or something wonky or what oh look if you you want to hear um a couple of lefties complaining week in week out for somewhere between one and two hours uh absolutely go to somethingwonky.com and uh and subscribe to the podcast uh uh but uh, in terms of other social media that that's about it like anything interesting that i post on instagram ends up on my twitter anyway uh and and i don't really look you can follow me on Pinterest. I think there's about three photos there from about six years ago or something. <laughs> but, uh, no, no. Hopefully one with you and a porn mullet. <laughs> oh, wait. That, 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 that one's uh, kept carefully, carefully hidden away. <laughs> no, uh, that's about the size of it. For those that are new to Humans of Twitter, this is uh, actually a pigeon pair episode because I'm actually interviewing Dave's partner in something wonky, Jeremy. What? Uh, in in a couple of episodes' time, so I was if you of this. have, well, guess what? <laughs> I'm just making it up as I go along here, uh, so you can get both views of them separately instead of them together. Uh, pretty much, I'm expecting, given what we've just heard from Dave, the same thing, <laughs> just out of Jeremy's mouth. No, not not even remotely. <laughs> I've seen Jeremy go camping. Trust me, we're not the same. <laughs> <laughs>
gosh. So you can uh, download his and have a listen. Please do subscribe, as Dave suggested, not only to something wonky, but to humans of Twitter, because he's exactly right. The more you download and the more that you do leave reviews, particularly five-star ones, are always excellent. Uh, that helps other people find the podcast and, of course, gets us up in the charts so that we appear in featured things and all of those sorts of stuff. That's the first ever sell I've done for this podcast. Well, well, uh, and it deserves a, a sell, Steve, because it is a, a fine, fine piece of audio entertainment. You are too kind and also that 20 bucks is in the mail. <laughs> this has been Humans of Twitter and I can confirm that at DFG77 is indeed human. <laughs>